0: La la la, la 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 Back to the 80s. Ha ha ha! Hey,
1: it's me! Let's go on the trip! Back to the This is the one and only Back to the 80s Radio. I am Toscano from the dynamic duo of Toscano and Chang. And (laughs) today we're having fun here in the studio. And we can't do the show alone, of course. No. no. Because next to me is a man. It is said if you tune your radio to 88.4 FM,
2: you can actually hear Chang's thoughts. Yes, that's true. That's true. I made a deal with Jesus. And I said, Lord, please, please put me on the air anywhere for five minutes so people can hear my thoughts. And you know what the Lord said? I think the FCC would close you down. That's what he told me. But you know what? It is an honor and a privilege to be here with all of you Toscano and Chang fans, lovers of back to the 80s. And I have to say this to my very special friend, my partner. He is the thorn in my rosebuds, <laughs> my rose bushes, he is the only man that I know that collects Chihuahua fur.
1: Oh yes,
2: and is planning on building a stuffed Chihuahua. My friend has over thirty-five thousand strands of Chihuahua <laughs> hair, all from a different species. That's correct, and that is. My good friend Toscano. Toscano, oh, I could not be here without you, of course. You are my ride. Driving me here to the show every single Friday that we're together. Thank you for inviting me and Toscano into your cars, your restrooms, right. your living rooms, your restrooms. your offices, your cubicles, Toscano.
1: Yeah. I want to give a big shout out to everybody here in the United States listening, yes. but also outside of the United States, of course. Um, but I, I, in particular, I want to give a shout-out to those in California, New York, Texas, Nevada listening to us. A big shout-out to the Back to the 80s Cafe in Las mm. Vegas. Uh, Henderson, oh. if I'm not mistaken. Yes. We are going to yes. be out there very soon. So a big shout-out. Also a big shout-out to the Totally 80s Bar and Grill in the city of Fullerton, California. Mm. Everybody from Germany listening to us. Also from... United Kingdom, from England, from Australia, Mexico, Canada, Japan, Uh, Puerto Rico, Brazil. I mean, the list goes on. We'd be here
2: for an hour naming all the countries. uh, You know what, Toscano, mentioning Brazil, uh, all of our listeners in Brazil, if you have connections, please go to our Patreon page and give us a little something, a donation (laughs) so we can get to Brazil and hang (laughs) out During Carnival. All of you great Brazil Yeah, during the Carnival. Yes. But please only send two tickets for... Toscano and Chang. There is no Mrs. Toscano or Mrs. Chang.
1: I also want to give a big shout out to everybody listening on Pandora, iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, of course. And Spotify. just big shout out to I everybody Heart. who takes their time every Friday to listen to the show. You know, Chang, today's a very special show for those of you who just joined us. We have a guest from the 80s, in particular from 80s radio. He was an on-air personality on K-O-M-E, K-L-O-S, and many other stations.
2: Anybody out there that is uh, in need of help from domestic violence, maybe a neighbor, a friend, a family member, maybe yourself, and you're a little bit afraid to contact somebody, I'm going to give you the digits for a hotline. That's, again, Report Domestic Violence. That is 1-800-799-7233 tuscano and chang here at back to the 80s and everybody from k hits 92.5 care that number again for the domestic violence hotline is 1-800-799-7233
1: don't go away when we come back gino Michelini from klos 95 and a half oh hey there i'm holly and i'm sarah and we're the hosts of Cover Your Eyes podcast. We revisit the 80s and 90s movies of our childhoods and wonder,
2: why the hell were we allowed to watch this? Is it too late now? Is the damage done? Join us and find out as we laugh our way through the trauma and take a lighthearted look
1: at how these movies shaped our views on society, relationships, and sex. Open your minds and cover your eyes. Every Tuesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. This is a trick listen to the decade of decadence right here back
2: to the 80s welcome back to back to the 80s hosted by toscano and chang and we are enjoying a conversation with the legendary klos 95 and a half i did not say (laughs) 0.5 mr five o'clock funnies an idol to me and many of us rockers and toscano Gino Michelini, welcome to the program.
3: How you doing? Yeah, I, I, you, you maybe flash back because I remember the day that our new program record had the, at, the, at the staff meeting said, "We are no longer ninety-five and a half. We are going into the digital age. Ninety-five point five from now on." And of course, my yes. calling it ninety-five and change just pissed him off completely. So
1: <laughs> this was before the Twitter days, where they can fire you on air. Oh yeah, with Twitter, right? Yeah. Twitter. Uh,
3: Oh, God, yes.
2: The red phone there.
3: None none of that stuff.
2: I could not do or try to do what I'm doing. I could not be influenced with anybody else with such a great legend as Gino Michelini, Jim Ladd, the staff of KLOS and KMET. Gino, it is the pioneers of rock and roll radio as yourself Uh, that got me through many a times as I was growing up uh, back in the 70s and the 80s. I lived and breathed the essence and and everything had to do with the radio. It is everything to me to sit here with my partner in crime and rhyme to interview you, Gino. Thank you for those kind
3: words. I I can see it on the camera. You have a face for radio. Thank you. (laughs) Well, being retired, you look, obviously you look back on things. And it's amazing now, as far as the synchronicity of uh, just being in the, the eye of the hurricane for so long, not never thinking that the hurricane would blow away someday. Right. I mean, that was never, never a thought process in our minds that radio would change to the point where it would die. And yeah. I, I, I I got Michelini from my hero, B. Mitchell Reed and he oh. died with his boots on. And I, and I, I always thought that that's the way I want. I mean, why would I want to quit the greatest job in the world? Never mm-hmm. thinking the deregulation and corporate takeover would destroy radio such as it did and it would no longer even be the joy to work at like it was. And I think back to it now and it's i said, like, God, what a golden time it was to be part of all that. We didn't think of it that way then. We knew we were just having a ball and getting away with it and getting paid good money for it. And it, it, it's like, I look back at it now, I'm going like, wow, that was a one of those periods in time that just like everything else, like George Harrison said, everything has to pass, you know, and, it, it, and it's it gone now. And all I can think of is my days in the Bay Area and then in, in L.A. down here. I was part of a golden time that I would I, I wouldn't trade any of those days for anything at this point in my life.
1: One of the things that just brings back memories to to my personal life, and I know Chang as well, is that you were one of the people that had so much to do without you knowing, or at least maybe comprehending the whole scope of it back then, but you had such a tremendous part of influencing our life a lot happier. And except for those times when we try to record with cassettes and you guys would talk over the damn intro. (laughs) Other than that, other than that, but that was the point. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? And now that we, now that we do back to the 80s radio show, all that stuff we miss from you guys because radio just not even a mirror of what it once was.
3: Well, it, it's so funny. Uh, I've I've talked with with you know, younger friends and so forth, and things that we took for granted. I mean, the life that we lived, the reasons we got into it, and the things that we did. Trying to explain the way it was that we took for granted, going like, they, "You did this, and you did no, no, you couldn't have done that." Yes, we did. I mean, there was a time whenever I came to work and my playlist was a blank sheet of paper. And we would show up a half an hour early and start pulling albums up the wall and getting ideas for things and, and what you wanted to play. And the only rules were we, we had these these uh, different colored stickers that you put on the edge of the album, like red, blue, yellow. And it's like each one was a different category. Hot new albums, recurring old albums that are still new, but they've been out for a month or two. You know, oldies that need to be played and, and, and then things that were like just good FM tracks. I call them turntable hits, but they were never big hits, but sounded good on the radio. Those were the minimum tracks, but you had to mix those up any way you could. And on the album like here, I've got a CD here. Imagine this is an album on the, on the album, on the back of the album, there was a big sticker. We'd have programming meetings. Uh, once a week, the entire staff would meet in and our, our program director Michael Hunter's office, and we'd sit down, we'd pass the joint around and we'd make suggestions on albums going, Have you heard this one? And there you go. Except it was illegal then, so it seemed more fun. I don't know, it, it, just, it doesn't have the same feeling now that it's legal. I don't know what that is, but it could be mental. But we would we'd listen to tracks and we'd recommend tracks, and then Michael would get the final say with our music department. And we put on the back of the album with, with the cigarette side, one cuts, one, three, four, five, or whatever, or, or all tracks. Sometimes it was every track. Sometimes maybe only one track, depending on the, 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 album's, uh, cuts, you know, when we're approved. And that was it. All, when you play one of those tracks, you date an initial on the back of the album, your date and time that you played it. So the next shot could play a different track. Yeah. That was it. You pull the albums out. And halfway through your show, of course, you're pulling new albums because when, any FM DJ knows if you pull a record, that song's going to trigger something in your head for, for what to follow it with. So it's like half yes, the yes. records you pulled in advance never got played because you're too busy pulling new ones, running back and pulling stuff out of the studio. And people get like, now like, really? You programmed your entire show like that? Yes. That's why we had favorite jocks, because we knew their style of music. It was no playlist. And as as. The consultants came wow. in and things started slowly changing. In, in, in the beginning, there was like a, a playlist with a couple of songs on it. And you could play, put in, fill in the rest. And then there would be more and more control. And then it finally got to the point where I, I'd have a playlist with, I could add maybe one or two songs at the end.
1: Do you remember roughly what year it was that the personal choice of the, of the DJ of the jock was uh, when that, when that actually stopped? And then you had to do, you follow the playlist. playlist. Do you remember what year?
3: It was a slow progression or regression, whatever you want to however you want to look at it. And it it, I, it began in the uh in the late 70s with the first consultants and and then mm-hmm. it's but it slowly ramped up and I was uh, was able to play around it. It, it wasn't that you know, I, I got to where we're like, okay, I don't mind the structure, you know, you got these are the hits have to be played. Cool. Let me mix in the color, let me mix in the fun with it, you know. And so we did that. And little by little, that was taken away. I'd say probably by by the late eighties, it was like getting pretty bad. And when I came back the second time, there was no freedom whatsoever. It even to the point where mm-hmm. not only could you not play with it, but you had to play it in the exact order. So segways were out, sets were out. Then you they would put in IDs at, at least every two songs. So there was no you know continuity to it, and uh, it, it got rougher and rougher to just. Enjoy the music because it was all taken away. I remember one day I won't say who it was, but I queued up a a record on the CD player and um, it was the wrong song. No big deal. The audience doesn't know that. Um, Let it go. Hotline rings. It's my program director. What are you doing? Um, I miscued it. Sorry. Take it off what take it off that's not the record that's on the list so now i've got to fade oh. that record down right in the middle stop it recue it and play the right record now the audience knows something is wrong that was the beginning of for me the end but i realized you know this is no fun anymore
1: so they, um, they would rather have that interruption so now people know about it than mm-hmm. have you just blow it off and go on to the next
3: well, it, it what happens is you had non-radio people that are now running radio. You have, you, you have yeah. corporate people and you have computer people that have to have systems. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't about systems in the beginning. It was about, you know, taste and it was about imagination. And when you have the, the people who run the, the stations, and it sounds like Sour Grace, but it's not It's just a fact, are not radio people. And they don't care. They're business people. They don't listen to radio. It's like a—I call it fill-in-the-blank marketing. It could be a theme park, it could be a radio format, it could be a movie, it could be a banana. It doesn't matter. It's about business, and business people need systems to so they can promote what they're doing. And I realized when the research we were doing stopped being research, as in, what? How do you feel about this artist, or these bands, or these songs? And it began research based on trying to find out. Wh- information to pass on what you wanted to do. As in, I don't want to find out what's out there. I want to find a way to do what I want to do. And it's yeah. just, it just, it wasn't fun anymore. It's just, you know.
2: It, it's it's almost like, you know, uh, the spontaneity of uh, radio went out in well, exactly, totally uh, in the 80s.
3: It's so funny. Uh, I mentioned my, my my first mentor. I mean, I was in FM for a while, but the, the man who made the was a difference is a guy named Michael Hunter. When I was at K with me in San Jose, the come spot on your dial. Uh, and Michael was the one that everything he taught me to be a success in radio, about, like you said, spontaneity, about uh, being un- unpredictable, surprise them, mess with them. He, so, he used to tell me, he says, he says, I don't want asshole radio, but I want smart ass radio. He said, don't talk to them. Or talk, don't talk at them, talk to them. Talking to one person, you're not talking to a group, so don't get on a goddamn soapbox or you're fired. Mm-hmm. Like some FM DJs have a problem. We all have, have go through the phase of getting on the soapbox because well, I'm important and these headphones sound really good. So <laughs> you got to be careful of that. But he, he wouldn't let us do that. He said, I'd be on the air doing something and he'd open the door and say if you got nothing to say play a record slam the door and that wow. was yeah you know, it's like it was a the little clock inside your head okay you've talked enough now play a record and use the record as the punchline if you if you need to do something like that but all of the things he taught me about being unpredictable using my imagination are things that are no longer allowed in radio now let's execute the format. Sit behind the screen, read what's on the card, push the button, and take your minimum wage check and go home. And I say that to people, yeah. and they give me a look like, "Well, my station doesn't do that." Yes, it does. They all do. Some of them even pre-record the jocks' intros and outros, so there's actually nobody there at all. And they look at me like, "Well, I still hear Led Zeppelin." Yeah, that's right. You do. (laughs) Yeah, you do. I don't know why, but you still do.
1: Let's take a little break. When we come back, there's more of Gino Michelini here on Back to the 80s Radio.
0: You're listening to Back to the 80s. She takes all your gold and then she goes... 95.5 95.5 KLOS. Classic rock. It really rocks. April Wine. I didn't write that lyric. It's just, I don't know, maybe life experience somewhere along the line. And the band, formerly from Redondo Beach, Great White, did Rolling Stone. That's brand new from those boys. Also heard Magic Man from Heart. Van Halen's Why Can't This Be Love? That was for Andy in Cerritos. And uh, Zeppelin, Whole Lot of Love, began the whole damn thing. This is Gina Michelini. Happy hump day to you. I'm reminding you, I, this, uh, somehow I seem to have i starting to wear that mantle, and I don't know why, <laughs> but I've been told by enough people that thank you for reminding my husband. So it's hump day. You have a responsibility today. Of course, yesterday was two for Tuesday. I was reminded of that. And tomorrow, uh, the this, this, this thing is kind of expanding. A three for Threes Day, you know, and, uh, it's, it's getting a little bit weird. <laughs> Fried on Friday and. I liked I, I liked Monogamous Monday. I thought that was interesting. Uh, I never go out with
2: soccer players. I hear they're not allowed to use
0: their hands. Yeah, well, this is a, it's, it is hump day, though. Coming up next hour, we're going to be giving away some passes for our private screening of The Haunting that Suzanne Ancillio will be hosting at the Haunted Theater coming up next week. This is 95.5 KLOS.
2: When the economy was good
1: and the metal was heavy, man. Back to the 80s. You are listening to the one and only Back to the 80s radio. This is Toscano from Toscano and Chang. With us in studio, if you just joined us, we have the ever wondrous, <laughs> the, the ever wondrous, oh, the man, the myth, and the legend, oh, Gino Mutellini, from a plethora. A what? A plethora. Oh, yes. <laughs> you have a plethora. Of radio stations from back in the day. KLOS, KOME. Probably some more that we aren't uh, familiar with, maybe in a different state. Do you ever go to out-of-state for a radio?
3: Only uh the beginning. My very first radio show uh, was uh, with AFRTS. Remember Good Morning Vietnam? Yeah. I was Good Morning Philippines.
1: Nice. Really? We got a tweet from someone wanting to know.
3: Oh, my God. You have
1: listeners? Yes. We actually yeah. have. Well, it was. it's my mom, so she she wants to know. It's <laughs> <And laughs> either our, it's either our parents God. or she, our children. Please ask, Gino, what the difference was as a jock between radio in the 80s and today? The difference, is you, got, you got a minute? We got plenty.
3: It was exciting. I first got into radio in 1972, and it just got better and better and better. I, I, I was lucky enough to be part of the whirlwind. I got, I got out of the Air Force in San Francisco, went to broadcasting school in Hollywood, and then just went up, the, as they call it, up the pike. I started out down here. My first radio job was at KGOE in Thousand Oaks, which was a a, a five hundred watt daytime only station. I used to have to go. I worked weekends at a daytime only station, and I had to get there like at five o'clock in the morning and start up the transmitter, and then play four hours of religious shows, and then do live. That was my first. And moved out. To my first full time gig was in Stockton. Wow. KSTN. Oh yeah, and, and then. KSFM Sacramento, then down to KOME up to Camel, and then ended up down here at KLOS. So I was pretty much California my whole career, which I was lucky in that it was a plan. But I was also lucky enough to be able to do it. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I had the national show. A lot of people listen to that power cuts for nine years on the global satellite network when I was at KLOS. But uh, yes pretty much all California Would but the you, difference was then to her question i'm sorry i got carried away uh was it was it was exciting it was in the early days fm was the alternative to top 40 and it wasn't about tight playlists it was about the alternative to tight playlists it's like the more music you could play the better it was and more exciting and we played everything from stevie wonder to weather report to Led Zeppelin, to Jimmy Buffett, to you know, Jerry Jeff Walker, you Beatles, you, the whole perspective. We, I mean, Vangelis, Tangerine Dream, Pink Floyd. You, and, you, and the thing was to mix it all together. I've got a book here of old segues I found from those days. It's amazing uh, going through that, the number of songs that no longer get played anywhere. But it was exciting and if you love music, which is the reason I got into I never got into to be a celebrity or anything like that. I just I've always been fascinated by the musical process and where it comes from. And FM was a great vehicle to get close to those kind of people because there was just so much of everything. And yeah. I, I was like a kidney candy store. I couldn't get enough. I mean, we got three albums too to listen to at home. <laughs> and and putting it all together and experimenting with it and the whole life that went with it i mean it was the 70s and early 80s was like a golden period that you know i i wouldn't trade for any moment in my life at this point and there was the thing called ratings then too yeah and if you got good ratings you could make really good money which is how i'm able to be afforded i uh, be uh, retired now uh, by the beach, because I'm you You could actually have a really good career then. You can't now. You can't provide for anything. Now, you can barely pay your rent if you get a good enough job, maybe if you got a morning show somewhere. But um, so the, the change is, it it was a love affair. I mean, it was, uh, it, I, that's kind of why I retired and didn't try to continue in some other direction, because I was so spoiled my whole life of just loving being where I was and, and, and never getting enough of it that um, when it started changing and they took the fun of it and the imagination away from it, it's like, well, why do I want to sit here and play the same list every single day and be happy with a minimum wage check? There's there's no point to it. It, it just, once again, you know, it was it Getty Lee said it, big money.
1: To stifle the jock, to stifle the individuality, the character, the persona of what we had before – that was a big hit for us listeners. That's what uh, prompted uh, Chang and I to start to getting together and, and trying to bring that flavor back. Sure, we're not going to impress the, the big corporations, but, you know, there's a very, very large audience that still wants radio how it used to be. You
3: know, an old friend of mine made a really good point about that. He, he made it sarcastically, but it was valid. And the point was, you know, FM like Tom Donahue began sort of the whole thing up, you know, he gets credit for it. And and now it expanded from San Francisco. But in those days, people forget FM radio was an afterthought. Mm-hmm. If you had an FM receiver, maybe you get a classic station, you know, maybe some news stations, but it's like the FM receiver was empty. There was nothing on it. And AM was full. And then suddenly people realized, my God, you know, there's all of this wasteland out there and it's in stereo, no less, and it sounds better than AM. And I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember, but there was a time whenever you couldn't get an FM radio in your car. You had to pay extra for that. Yeah, And so it was like, oh, and then in stereo also. And then people started buying receivers and big speakers and tuners and amps and turntables and stuff. And FM fit right into that groove and... Mm -hmm an alternative and it was okay until it started competing with am radio yes and and my buddy the the sarcastic point he made was we did too good a job Mm -hmm. we started making money and when you start making money that's when corporate wants in they oh we can make some money over here but the thing is when corporate takes over they want to be sure they're going to make money. They they want to make sure things are safe. They want, they don't want any problems. They want, so all of the, 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 the questions and the answers are, are gone away. The, the attitude goes away. You know, the, the uh, imagination goes away. They want, it's like, we guess, we want you to have your imagination but within these boundaries.
2: Right. And, and, Would you say the freedom goes away and on comes in the pay, Gino? That's. It's yeah.
3: like with the consultants work consultants came up with a system which was excuse my expression bullshit but it was a system and that's how you talk to corporate people it was like the first time i went in to get to, when i came out from the bay area i'd never had a contract before i'd never had an agent before i'd never had a lawyer before you know all that kind of stuff i had to learn about all that but the union and so forth and i learned about the corporate mentality and it came time to negotiate the contract. My second time, I'm going okay. I did a good job. Now I, you know, now I'm, I got some cards to play. And my <laughs> boss said, if you think I'm going to reward you because you did a good job, and here's your raise, and just come on board, wrong. We're going to start all over again. We're yeah. going to negotiate the contract all over again. You're mm-hmm. going to, have to fight for the shit that you got before all over again. So that when we get to the money, you're going to be too tired to, to fight for that. We're going to win there. And I'm going. To, this right. is how corporate mentality is. Yes, it's, it's not yeah. about do your job. It's like we want to control this, and it, it, it the two don't go together. They, there was a time no. in the in the in the in the late '80s and the early '90s. When it, you could still work within the framework, but it was getting tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. And now it's gone completely. There's no control. I mean, they have total control. But in, no, in those days, God, it was so much fun. Uh, our motto was, "And we're getting paid too."
1: I hear that even the even the mob was ruined by corporations back in the eighties. Look at Vegas. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. It was a lot more fun when the mob ran it. You brought up uh, back when uh, FM had to. Ah, uh, go ahead and go up against AM, and it was a battle of uh, freedom uh, listener uh, numbers. And uh, I wanted, I wanted to ask you this. Now, that was at the time when when AM had the great jocks as the real Don Steele, who I thought kind of incorporated the vibe to go and take radio to FM to be uh, just you know go for it, just. The full throttle and lust of life, and the freedom that I think uh, the real Don Steele portrayed at Cage oh, J and A M.
3: Classic, one well, of the greatest, yeah.
2: And also Wolfman Jack. Wolf was a buddy. And then uh, you know, and like I say, you spoke of uh, Shadow Stevens, another great personality. Oh man, I would I loved listening to the Shadow yeah. as I was growing oh, up.
3: Baby Sims. Uh the the original KMET, the the, the, the station that made let KMET the legend was was uh, was uh Clam Balls, Richie Kimball. It was in the morning. My, Michael was the program director then before he came up to San Jose, mm-hmm. before I met before I knew him. Uh they had uh B. Mitchell Reed, they had Stephen Clean, Mary Mounts Turner. Talk about a station that was legendary. Oh God. You mentioned though the difference between AM and FM. See, now they, they, a lot of people don't, don't don't understand the difference. For one thing, a fallacy is that FM sold more records than AM. Never happened. Really? AM radio outsold FM all the way through. We sold more albums. Mm. But as far as I could, record shows and singles, FM never, never topped AM radio. Rotation does breed sales, unfortunately. However, the thing with FM was we weren't trying to sell records. Our whole thing, especially in the 70s and early 80s, we were trying to sell records. That's why the rotation, well, there was no rotation. We wanted you to listen to us called time spent listening. FM created a thing called time spent listening. It wasn't about the total service area or tunes, number of people tune in your station, it's how long they listen to your station. Yes. And- and we wanted you to buy the products we advertised. That's why, if you remember in the early days of FM, all the cool products you heard that we did ads for record, radio, uh, uh, or you know, stereo outfits, record stores, you know, I mean, all kinds of jeans you know, stores, you know, the, the, all that kind of stuff. It, it, uh, even in San Francisco with, with, with the free clinic, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. It was, we wanted you to listen to the music and then. By the products we advertised, which was a different focus. FAM was all about selling records. I mean, the, the focus that the top 40, I mean, that's why it's top 40. Every two and a half hours, you repeat the list. And, and, and that, do, that does breed record sales, but it doesn't breed buying
1: products. More of Gino Michelini on Back to the 80s Radio.
2: What I tried to tell you this country, you've got to make the money first. Then when you get the money,
0: you get the power. Then when you get the power, then you get the world. Just born to be wild. Ninety-five point five KLOS, classic rock that really rocks.
3: If you can't wear a spandex jumpsuit, what can you do?
1: This is
3: back, back to the '80s.
1: Times now have changed so radically. You know, we did a, a show recently where we talked about streaming music
2: <laughs> and. <laughs>
1: And the interesting thing is we got we got a lot of people not knowing what these big companies like Spotify, iTunes, et cetera, but particularly, we picked on Spotify because of what they end up paying the artist for for somebody to come up and have six hundred thousand downloads today, six hundred thousand downloads and and get less than twelve dollars. It's absolutely ridiculous.
3: Well, yeah, that's another thing about how it's changed. It's not just about, you know, from my side of it. It's the impact now. Um, there was, we we never would have imagined there would be a time when radio was not the major factor in record sales. FM radio has virtually no impact on record sales now. It's just, it's nothing. For one thing, they don't play the the, the, uh, uh, the new product. They don't feature it, and the audience doesn't isn't there anymore like it used to be either. I mean, that's another thing. Like you look at the ratings now; uh, it's no longer about who has the number one show. It's not no longer about who has the number one station. It's about the umbrella of stations you buy when you advertise with Cumulus or with Bonneville or Clear Channel, you know, whoever Infinity. It's so like you don't buy one station or one show, you buy the umbrella of stations now. So ratings are no longer important. So, as a jock trying to be successful and get numbers to, I mean, I have bonus clauses written in my contract for, you know, if I exceeded certain numbers, I got more money. Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist anymore. It's gone.
2: It's the monopoly, would you not say, of America? Uh, conglomerates buying up uh, everything small and giving the listener or the consumer less choice so you're forced to uh, reckon with the product that they, that they give you.
3: George Washington said it first in the very beginning, the business of America is not war, it's business. And we have not changed that. I mean, I, I, many call it greed, many capitalism, whatever you're going to call it, um, but that's what it is it's mm-hmm. It's about making money and maximizing the money to the point where it's amazing how often they will cut their nose off despite their face in the name of making money. I mean there's its just it, it, the the attitude being, if everybody's doing the same thing, we may not have the high numbers to charge the the, the exorbitant ratings we used to charge, but if everybody's paying the same thing, nobody's losing when we all make money. And that's right. where
1: it is now. We never dreamt of the day that we'd hear from somebody, you still listen to radio? What's radio? Exactly. And you get that today, all yeah. over.
3: One of the things that, that, that I've gotten back to my roots as far as why I listen to radio in the first place. Um, I love new music. I don't know what it is about me, but I can. I just never get tired of new music. And I, and, I, and every, every good FM DJ, especially, you'll find it when you talk to them, they have this gene, and it's, we don't know why we have it, or, or you know what, to, what the, it's all about. We have this gene. It's like I hear new music; I need to share it. And this, we, the, the greatest thrill was like turning our audience on to new music. Yes, and EFM jock would say the same thing. It's like there's nothing like having a new album by Bruce or whoever doesn't matter, or a new album that's going to be hot. You're going to love this. It's like that is that that's a an instant boner for us. Yeah, and, it is, and. and <laughs> Obviously radio doesn't do that anymore. there's no excitement, there's no imagination. it's a playlist now. you know it's a shuffle list. you know that's what they've got. but um I have found myself when I'm in the car if I'm not listening to my own playlist by the way, and I got a great playlist I, turns out I have really good musical taste. <laughs> I like what I play uh, my 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 car iTunes has like got about five thousand tracks and man, there's some good shit in there. I'll tell you what, but anyway uh I find it, when I listen to radio for music. I love the K. jazz because, I mean, I've always liked jazz. It was you know part of my the colors of my rainbow, but I never was really into jazz. So I couldn't tell you who did what and so forth. It's like I knew if I liked it, I didn't like it. You know, certain things, like Crusaders, you know, the things like that I like, you know, the other things. But I'm really getting into jazz. And it's like all of this music, even back to the 30s and 50s and so forth, like bebop era in the 50s, it's like I've gotten to where I can recognize an artist now.
1: So now you're listening, you go, wait, that's Miles Davis, and no, that's Spirogyra, and things yeah, like that, yeah, right?
3: Like, yeah, you know, a measure of, of, of I must be changing or growing up or whatever you're gonna call it, It's like suddenly Miles Davis makes sense to me,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah,
3: you know, and I'm going, like, I cannot listen to kind of blue enough. And it, it's like, and God on to run, it's like someone will come on, and they're like, that's Lewis Jordan. I remember that, yeah, you know, I'm going, like, wow so so I'm, my jones for new music even though it's not that new is come, is being filled by k-jazz these days when you have around there. and, I, and I, I just love it going like oh yeah i recognize that. that's cool i'm still i fusion i'm still not like mm, i don't i don't know i i i try but kenny g and that stuff just i, I don't get it but yeah. <laughs> to a lot of the great jazz i mean it's like wow
2: Fusion jazz reminds me of uh, using a restroom in a public facility. It's that background music to keep the flow going. I got a buddy has a great
3: title for it. Air Pudding.
2: (laughs) Air Pudding. Do you think that the death of radio of the era and the magnitude that you brought ended the voice of liberalism, truth, or what needed to be said at that adjust time, no matter what political stance?
3: I don't know if that was the intent, but it is the result yeah um what happens is when you have once again getting back to you know the great satan you know corporate radio um there's no voice and and, and i'm not saying that they did it intentionally it's just part of the control mechanism um but your question is very valid uh the things that we used to do that to be part of it went with the business. It will, you know, each one of us had our own idea. We tried not to get in the soapbox. Like I said, I, I, my boss used to be if I hear you in a soapbox, you're, you're out of here. But there are ways to make your point nonetheless. And we all did. And we supported, you said, durable things, whatever you going to call them. But um, it's a good point. I have to give that some thought as to whether the chicken came before the egg, because the result is the same. You are right. There's there, there, there is no voice. It, it's all corporate now. Uh, and if, if you say anything that the company doesn't want, you're in trouble. Yeah, that's true. As far as whether that was the point to stop the voice of liberalism or whatever, you know, I don't know. I, can't, I really can't answer that. I wouldn't be surprised, but I can't say for sure. It's, but it is a result. We, one way or the other, it, it definitely is a result.
1: Stick around. Back to the age radio. We're going to be right
2: back. Hey, this is Laurie Miller from the first and original Exposé, and you're listening to Back to the 80s Radio. It certainly is a big bun. It's a very big bun. <laughs> big fluffy bun. It's a very big fluffy bun. Why is the
1: beef?
3: Some hamburger places give you a lot less beef on a lot of bun.
0: Where's
3: the beef? At Wendy's, we serve a hamburger we modestly call the single. And Wendy's single has more beef than the Whopper or Big Mac. At Wendy's, you get more beef and less bun. Hey, where's the beef? I don't
0: think there's
2: anybody back
3: there. You want something better. You're Wendy's kind of people.
0: Now, back to good, wholesome, politically correct entertainment. Oops, wrong station. <clears throat> now, back to the 80s with Toscano
1: and Chang. Back to the 80s radio, you're hearing from an 80s legend of radio himself, Gino Michelini from KLOS, KOME, and many others in California, especially in Los Angeles. A quick reminder that you can send your topic requests here at back to the 80s radio at gmail.com. That's back the number two, the 80s radio at gmail.com. Let's talk a little bit about music because it was a soundtrack of our life. You were the intermediaries between that and us you know and you guys brought that to us you should have
3: seen it from our side
1: no i I can only imagine and what i wouldn't have given what i wouldn't give now to have a real time machine and be able to go back and be a part of that firsthand speaking about music what was your well let's let's make it easy what was your favorite type of music to play i mean was it was it the real hard rock was it the classic what was it
3: Once again, um, I've been asked that question many times and the answer is always the same. It depended on the mood I was in. I mean, uh, in the beginning, I grew up, you know, when I started getting into music old enough to realize I was going to buy records and like music, I bought everything. Uh that's why I, I always have a problem with people who only like one style of music. I like it all. I mean, granted there are some I'm, I'm not into opera and there's parts of country I'm not big on, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um country.
1: Ugh. We know what you mean.
3: I'm not I'm not into death metal, you know, and there's parts of hmm. jazz I'm not into. Yeah. So you know, but, but it, basically I you, you go through my library over there. you're going to you're going to find everything. Uh, I mean, I have a complete classical library. It depends on the mood I'm in. And uh, you asked me what my favorite group is. Well, I mean, if you, I have two different lists. I posted online a couple of times. It's like, okay, I'll have the list of the, the, my what I think are the greatest bands of all time, greatest albums of all time. But then there's also my personal list of favorite bands and favorite uh, albums that does not jive with
1: that. Yeah.
3: Because I will admit that Led Zeppelin's one of the greatest bands that ever lived. And if I never hear them again, fine. But they would be on my all time greatest bands list, but they aren't on my Desert Island list.
2: Right. Yeah. Right on on that one. Now,
3: it it all depends on the mood. So I'm not trying to be evasive, but once again, it depends on the mood. It really uh, does. I'm driving into the market this morning. I was listening to Steely Dan and I'm going like, God damn, I love this shit. You know, it, it just depends on the mood I'm in.
2: Were you a Motown fan? Oh God, yes.
3: But see, I grew up on the East coast uh, uh, primarily uh, in, in the sixties, if you wanted to you know, go out with the girls, you had to know how to dance. Sure. Dancing yeah. was important to getting girls in those days. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the early days of bandstand, all that kind of stuff. I mean, Learning how to dance was important for, for a guy, a young mm-hmm. guy. So, yeah, I love, you Can me, Motown, Funk, Guys or Brothers. Oh, God, yes.
2: The platters, oh, stylistics, God. the temptations. I share a birthday with Bobby Darren. Bobby Darren was awesome. Uh, the, the Four Seasons, I mean. 1962,
3: see when I, every time I hear Sherry, baby, I'm thinking about, it was just before we shipped back to Germany. And I went to high school in western Pennsylvania. We, we back, went back to the family home. And I was there for the summer of 62 then we shipped to Germany in 62 and that was one of those songs I, I, it's like how music can take you there. Cherry baby 62, Western Pennsylvania on the riverbank what's in the Allegheny River go by yeah, it, that 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 um party lights, do you love me that that whole summer was all that that great stuff. I mean just amazing music. to this day it's still great music.
2: Oh, yeah. Today, it it, define, it defines a time, uh, but to me, it also will live uh, on throughout. I mean, to me, uh, just as you two guys, to be a real music lover, you have to appreciate all the styles of music before the one that really tickled your fancy. So you have to go back and know the roots of it and, and that vibe that you got with the old music. Correct, Gino? Oh, God, yeah. Still gives you the vibe with newer music, depending on the content and, uh, I think, the believability of uh, the newer music.
3: When I was a music director, you know, especially in the 70s, I mean, that was the days of expense accounts from record companies and, you know, everything. Everything was being promoted. I mean, you talk about free records, free tickets, free you name it, you know. But the thing is, you still had to decide what you were going to put on the air. And it doesn't matter how much big your library is or you know how much you love the new stuff. Basically you can still play 12 albums or 12 songs an album, an hour, give or take, yeah. you know, you, that doesn't change. It's still 60 minutes in an hour. You, and you have to play the hits. You have to play certain things. You have to hold the audience's attention and you work the new stuff into the obscure stuff, whatever. Yeah. That was part of the fun. We called it formatics. But the thing was, there was so much music then to listen to, and I, I remember I had a program director, my, my, my boss Michael, he used to say, we'd get fired up with his, his meetings uh, as far as getting us you know to, to do the right thing. And I remember one of his inspirational meetings after he, the, the meetings, and it was like, "I want you to think of your four hours on the air as a blank canvas." And every day you go on the air, I want you to paint me the best damn picture you can. And I want you to use all the colors of the rainbow to do it. Get it? And we're going, he wants us to listen to more albums. Cool. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that was it. Paint the best picture you possibly could, man. And use all the colors of the rainbow. And I'll never forget that because we were pretty colorful ourselves in those
2: days. I got to remember that, Gino, because uh, uh, as I work with uh, this character right here, uh, that's what me and him are always trying to create. Uh, We don't try to be controversial. We leave a lot of our political views out. Uh, We do not jump on soapboxes. But me and this guy, we have a certain way to where we're going to let you know what we think of the world, but we're going to do it in a funny way to where you're not going to believe if it's what we believe in or not. And, and what you just brought up is magic, because uh, when both of us uh, do uh, our own radio programs or when we worked on Toscano and Chang, which we think would have been one of the greatest morning shows of all time since Mark and Brian. <laughs> but that's only me saying. But uh, we are always trying to paint a beautiful picture. Most of our content here and the content that we both do on our own radio programs is pretty much improv. I used to be a stand-up comedian pretty much my whole life. So it's improv is everything because that is the building block to creativity. And, and it's going to bring people in because people are going to sit on the edge, just like I sat on the edge, you know, waiting to hear what you and everybody else would say. What's he going to say? Whoa, he said that. Let's keep this going. I want to get on the ride. I want another ticket because I want to go farther. So the, the way you worded that is beautiful.
3: I was asked, like, uh, well, when, when do you come up with your ideas? Uh, you know, and I'm thinking, when don't I? It, it, you never know what's going to trigger, and that's why I, I you carry a notepad with me. And it's like, and, and, and strangely enough, I would get most of my ideas in the car, mm. driving to to work or just driving around. It's like something I hear something, I hear I see something, or a it, thought would come to me. And it's like, gotta gotta get that right back. Yeah, you know, it, and as often as not, I have i you know, I've got, a whole, in the back, I've got a file cabinet full of old books and, you know, uh, material you know, folders and tablets and you know, you name it, full of material. And and I'd write ideas down, you know, da da da, da 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 And by the time I get on the air, I'm on the air, and ideas are coming to me on the air.
1: Sure, we got a, uh, a listener from Atlanta wants to ask before we let you go. If you could travel back in time and change, change something that you did during your career, is there anything and what would it be if there is something you'd change?
3: Wow, that's a hard one because um, there are th- there, there's a couple of things about my career, not my life. Correct. They were kind of intertwined for quite a long time. Um, to be honest with you. And this is being brutally honest. When I was first let go at KLOS the first time, if I'd have been smart, I'd have sold my house and moved back to San Francisco then. And I made the mistake of sticking around for five years, wanted to get my job back. And when I got the job back, it wasn't what it was when I left. And that old saying of don't ask, you know, don't wish too much for what you want, you might get it. I got it and the next, other than put more money in my, my uh, uh, pension fund, that next five years were pure hell. Mm. It, it made, me, by the time it ended, I had a hard time in my mind because I was dealing with the fact I no longer loved radio. And that, so the mistake was coming back. I should not have done that.
1: You heard it here from the man himself. Gino Michelini from KLOS, KOME, and many others. <laughs> Gino, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy ball, schedule. Guys. I hope that this is the first of many appearances on Back to oh, the yes. 80s
2: Radio. Yes. I hope
1: you can get something from this. We got you. And that's more
2: more than what we could ask for. Gino, I want to thank you again and tell you from the bottom of my heart, this uh, this is as great a moment as the day I met uh, Muhammad Ali. And uh, I look forward to you being on the show again.
3: Said, I shook his hand once, too. And it was like, there are not many people that I have been in awe of in my life. He was one of them.
2: I he, hear you. He told me, whatever you do, stand up for something bigger than yourself and stand up for people who cannot stand up for themselves. And I try to do that every time I crack this mic and i try to do that every time I go into a, a different place.
3: I leave you with this. It's all about, you know, your life and, and being able to enjoy your life and, and be be able to live with yourself. I kid with a good friend of mine who's still on serious and we kid about it all the time. She's my age. And, the difference between her and I is she learned how to play with corporate types and and play around them. I never did. And because of that, I'm retired. I didn't quit. I was retired. So it's like, you gotta, you gotta mix the, you know, what, what is important to you? I'm thankful that I had a wonderful career and a great life. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything and it's gone. And now I've had to adapt to the new reality took a while. Mm. It ain't easy going from the hurricane to the beach. (laughs) Sounds cool, but trust me, it's not all it's uh, packed up to be.
1: This is Back to the 80s. We're going to be right
2: back. This is not a test. This is rock and roll. Time to rock it from the Delta to the DMZ. Is that me or does that sound like an Elvis Presley movie? Viva Da nang. Oh, Viva Da Nang. Da nang me, Da nang me. Why don't they get a rope and hang me? Hey, is this a little too early for being that loud? Hey, too late.
0: If it's popular, we do it.
1: Totally awesome. And now, back to the 80s with Toscano and Chang. Thanks for joining us today as we had uh, a great conversation with Gino Michelini from KLOS 95.5 from back in the eighties. Join us next Friday as we continue with more banter, more talk, more madness here with the dynamic duo of radio. Do your best to be safe. Think about your family. Always strive to bring the world a contagious smile. At oh, the end of the day, I like that, that's what we got. I like that. You know, there was an '80s commercial: "Have a Coke and a smile." Well, mm. maybe that's a good idea this week: "Have a Coke and a smile," and that's Coca-Cola for a lot of you long-haired guys out there. Mm-hmm. Anyway, from Ooh. Toscano, have a great <laughs> week. We love you all, and thanks for supporting the Back to the '80s Radio Show.
2: Ah, uh, this is the Chang. Before I we release you to another Chang. Fantastic weekend on the last reference my buddy made that was very judgmental. <sighs> have a coke and a smile mm. and go out there and don't be stupid. That's Treat right. Treat everybody like you want to be treated. And remember, we have one life to live. Nothing is promised tomorrow. Go out there and stand up for yourselves and somebody that can't stand up for themselves. Stand for the betterment of man. And remember, keep a smile on your face. Let nobody tell you you can't. Let nothing get you down. So I bid you all an adios. Arrivederci. Hasta mañana. Hasta la vista. Hasta luego. Sayonara. And to all my buds in the OC, later bros and hoes. And to all the homies in the barrio. Orale, batos. Take me back to the morning.